There's no need to wait on your service member to share secondhand information anymore. Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, a podcast show where we put military spouses and children's needs front and center so that they can make informed decisions together as a family. Because let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. Let's get started. everyone, Jen Amos here with Holding Down the Fort podcast show. And I am excited because I have another amazing guest on our show today. She is a registered dietitian, fitness enthusiast, and trainer, and a new military spouse, Malia Staten. Fun facts about Malia, she's really passionate about being as eco-friendly as possible, such as learning to recycle and reduce waste, including food waste, uh, shopping without plastic, shopping secondhand, and becoming more aware of our impact on this planet. But don't worry, she won't rub it in your face if you don't do it yourself. Malia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm so glad that you were open to coming on and sharing your expertise and a little bit about your story and also being a a newlywed military spouse. So I want to congratulate you for that. I know you just got married about a week ago, right? Yes, we did. Oh man, that's so awesome. Have you, uh, are you two planning on going on a honeymoon or has, have you already gone on your honeymoon? So we were actually legally married about a year and a half ago. We got to have our wedding ceremony on August 23rd. And so we are moving to Japan. We're PCSing to Japan in about a year. So we're going to hold off on the honeymoon until we get there. (laughs) Yeah, I was actually, so I was a military child and I was born in Japan and I was there back and forth from California to Japan until I was about 10. And I loved Japan. Now I'm, you know, I'm Asian. So a lot of people mistake me. Like when I say I was born in Japan, they think I'm Japanese. It's like, no, I'm not. I I was just I was just born there. I'm actually of Filipino descent. My parents are from the Philippines, but it's so beautiful there. I remember I was like eight years old, I think seven or eight years old. And we were living off base because we were still waiting to, you know, live on base. Like there was a a waiting list. Mm -hmm. And I remember I used to go cycling by myself, like off base in around Yokosuka, Japan. And I, I never knew what being unsafe felt like until we moved back to the States And my mom just like never wanted me to leave the house. So that's one thing that I missed about (laughs) Japan was just feeling safe and just feeling like people were super friendly and polite and stuff like that. So hopefully, I mean, that was such a long time ago. That was already like 20 plus years ago. But hopefully, (laughs) you know, when you go and you PCS over there, hopefully you'll have the same experience that I did. (laughs) I hope so. I haven't heard anything bad so far. Everything I've heard has been really encouraging and just we both can't wait. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be so great. I'm so excited for you. And their malls, uh, there is this place called the Daie Mall. It was uh, I don't know if it's still there, but it's right outside of the Yokosuka Navy Base, and it was uh-huh. it was like six stories high. And um, (laughs) yeah, every floor was different. Like the bottom floor was like groceries. And then there was like clothing floor and then the toys floor. And then the very top, there was mini golf. And (laughs) it was like the coolest thing ever. I I just, uh, I remember that. And uh, that was one of my favorite like malls to go to because it was so close to the base. And 
and everything. And I was just so fascinated at how like tall it was. I was like, how, how is this mall have so many, so many floors? It's but, definitely going to be a culture shock. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I it, it's, but it, it, I think it'd be a good culture shock because it's, it's uh, really, really beautiful there. And I think the, I mean, from my experience, the people are really nice there, or at least they like pretend to be. So <laughs> at least you'll get that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, let me go ahead and just start with how about you share with us? Um, how did you hear about holding down the Fort podcast? And more importantly, why did you decide to be on our show today? So I think I heard about the podcast through Instagram. I don't remember if it was me who reached out to you or you who reached out to me, but we had gotten into contact uh, after I had posted something and I had put some hashtags on it. It was probably around the time that my husband got his wings and just got in contact through Instagram. And I think it's a really cool opportunity for military spouses just to connect and, and recognize that we're not the only military spouses on this planet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not an expert in a whole lot, but I'm figuring out how to be a military spouse and have a career at the same time and all of these things that I'm figuring out and I'm not doing it perfectly, but I'm trying. And I think that that's what we're all doing. And so it's cool just to share my experience of trying to be a good human and good wife and human on this planet because other people can hear that and go, oh, well, I'm not doing it perfectly, but I'm trying to like, that's okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that you said that. And that's what I really want the show to be about is just having the military community uh, help and support one another through their own stories and their own experiences. I have interviewed a number of people on the show already, and I've come to find that although there are an abundance of resources and education out there for, for like military spouses and families, a lot of them though, don't, how do I say it? Like they, like they're unaware of it or they're, they don't actively reach out for it. And, and I think maybe there's just this disconnect, but I feel like when you hear advice through a, a fellow military spouse or even your neighbor on base, like you're more likely to receive that than like what's, what's just available. So, you know what I mean? I think it can be so intimidating, whether you're a brand new spouse or whether you're PCSing to a new state or area it can be so intimidating to start reaching out to people and to figuring out the community or figure out the community. And so it's nice to be able to listen to a podcast in the safe space of your own home and, and get some confidence and learn that like, you're not the only one that feels that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just about to publish an episode with Jamie Chapman, who actually, uh, helps military spouses find employment. And so if you happen to need help, uh, especially if you move to Japan, I would love to connect you too. <laughs> if you would, I would love, uh, that. love that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of uh, spouses who are actively helping one another. And so if I can be that bridge just by getting to know people on the show, then I'm glad to, to be that for people. Yeah. But, I think it's a great resource. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, Malia, for people who are getting to know you for the first time, why don't you just share maybe a snapshot of your life, particularly what keeps you busy and most excited about life nowadays? So we just moved recently to a new station. And so I haven't really started working yet. So my days now are 
not what they normally look like. I'm a very go, go, go type of person. I'm very excited to start getting back into a full-time work schedule and work out in the morning, go to work, come home and relax with my husband in the evenings and on the weekends. But now it's a lot of job applications. It's a lot of empty open days. And Mm. it's a challenge that I've not really had for this long of a time before. And it's not one that I particularly enjoy. I don't like sitting still. So in this time of unemployment, my days nowadays kind of look like wake up, I make sure to change out of my PJs. So I kind of signify that the day has started, check on my plants, I stretch a little bit, I'll walk if it's not a thousand degrees where we live. And then kind of look at, you know, what are my to do lists for the day and and try to time block a lot of stuff out. Because it's so easy to just sink into the couch and sit and watch Netflix all day. Yes. Uh, So I try to time block my time and say like, okay, if I'm going to watch Netflix from nine to 10, then I'm going to do job applications from 10 to 12. And then I'll take a break and I'll take a walk and then I'll come back to do another task that can't be done with Netflix on. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much it. I have job applications and going to the gym and grocery shopping, pretty much the uh, stay at home. We call it sun employment (laughs) around me and my friends. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's a great way to, to describe it. Mm -hmm. Um, I like how you, uh, change out of your PJs. Cause even if you're at home, like you said, it just establishes like that you're starting your day. Mm-hmm. My my husband and I like work from home and I have to do the same thing as well because it's like, like I need to signify, I need to tell myself and physically act like I'm out of bed and I'm ready to start my day. Cause otherwise I, if I'm in my PJs, I can feel pretty lazy throughout the day. I notice I notice that difference. Mm-hmm. And so I like that you mentioned that because even though you're home, it's a great way to get into uh, the mindset that you're uh, starting your day. And it's it's really awesome that you are structured and you're making the best use of your time right now being unemployed or you, you described it as fun employed. Is that how you said it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fun employed. Yeah. Fun employed. I love that. That's the first time I'm hearing that. <laughs> find some silver lining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And really just taking care of yourself overall. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's a cool opportunity to, instead of being negative about it, to be positive and say, this is a time in my life where I do just get to sit and relax and rest and focus on me. Like we mentioned earlier, I just finished planning our wedding in 10 weeks. So mm. taking a breath and and just letting that be okay. Uh, I feel like we are such a go, go, go society. And so it feels wrong to sit and relax for a little while. But it's it's been interesting to try and like come to terms with that and be okay with it. Yeah, good for you. You you have a you have a good mindset around it. I mean, obviously, obviously those feelings of like, what's my purpose in life right now could could creep in, but it sounds like you're really taking making the most out of it and making your your time purposeful. Even even just being okay with relaxing because, you know, rest is just as important as work. You know, you can't work without rest and don't rest, you can't work. So it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. But, but yeah, so, well, very cool, Malia. I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing a snapshot of your life uh, to our listeners. Uh, I'd love to get Mm -hmm. into our educational topic today. Uh, Part of what made me intrigued uh, by you and made uh, why why we wanted to reach out is because you're a registered dietitian and you're a fitness enthusiast and trainer. And I think of a lot, how a lot of 
military spouses either are really good at staying on top of their health or not because they there's other things that tend to move up to the surface like taking care of their kids or or whatever it is like they're trying to get a career or trying to build a business from home or no matter where they PCS off to and so for our educational topic today, we wanted to talk about how do you keep a healthy routine when PCSing and making major life changes without creating a lot of waste? And I, I like to add that because I think when there's a lot of change, it's easy to leave a lot of things behind. It's easy to neglect things. And most of all, it's, it's easy to neglect. And so I'd love for you to just First, start by sharing, why is this topic important to you? Yeah, I think when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle, it's going to look different on every single person. So what a healthy lifestyle looks like to me is going to look different than what a healthy lifestyle looks like to you. And that's okay, because we're all such unique people and individuals, and we have different schedules and kids and dogs, or maybe not kids and dogs, but maybe you're unemployed right now, mm-hmm. that, that healthy lifestyle is going to change from person to person, but also from situation to situation. So like for me right now, I'm unemployed. So I'm doing specific things to help keep a healthy lifestyle. But when I start work again, that's going to change a little bit. When we PCS to Japan, that's going to change a little bit. And so I think it's really important to just always come at healthy living and healthy lifestyles with a sense of flexibility and knowing that it's going to change and it's going to look different than your best friend or your husband or your kids. And just having some awareness and flexibility and and grace with yourself, I think is really important. And I don't think that that's the message in our media right now. It's all just like all or nothing. Like you're either living a healthy lifestyle or not. And there's just good and bad connotation, which is so frustrating to me. Because it's all good. If you're making an effort, you're doing great. (laughs) If you're not making an effort, there's probably a reason and there's a way that you can make an effort. So that's why I think it's really important. All right. Now we're going to take a quick break to introduce one of our sponsors. Let's get real. The government, our education system, the financial industry, and corporations are focused on the masses. They don't have your best interest in mind. You need to take responsibility of your future and stop following orders when it comes to your personal finances. The first step is to stop focusing on money and focus on your true purpose. Wealth is achieved by those who are following their passions. It's a mindset shift from scarcity to abundance. There's no better time in human history to use the liberty you've fought for to live a life of meaning. U.S. Vet Wealth was founded by a West Point graduate who became disillusioned by the government benefits and traditional financial planning advice that is decades behind the times. Our clients recognize us as the only trusted financial resource able to educate them on the full spectrum of opportunities available to veterans today. By thinking beyond the standard financial advice of buying a home, sending kids to college, and retiring, we help the 1% who serve our country become the 1% who influence it. See if you qualify for a wealth and liberty strategy today. Simply visit usvetwealth.com. That's U.S. as in the United States, vet, short for veteran, wealth.com, usvetwealth.com. Yeah, I I really like how you mention the word flexibility because just like what you said, 
life change, like life happens and things change. And it's a matter of embracing that and being aware of that. And even in your days, like I was at the military influencer conference last weekend, and I'm currently, mm -hmm. I'm actively on like a six week challenge to like eat strictly and exercise for a number of days. But that conference, I did my best. I, I actually brought like the, the drive was we're, we're, we're in Virginia beach and we drove to DC. So it's a good, like three, four hour drive. And when I found out my husband got an Airbnb, I decided to bring mm -hmm. our, Inst I, I decided to bring our Instapot with me so that I could, uh, steam my sweet potatoes and, and broccoli and stuff like at the Airbnb. And, um, I love it. Yeah. And, uh, and so I feel like when I travel now, especially if it's near, like nearby, I, I have to bring my air, I have to bring an Instapot because it like made such a big difference for me. I didn't, I didn't really eat out. And even if I did, like, even if I did, I, I felt like the vegetables that I had kind of made up for it and it wasn't perfect. Yeah. yeah it wasn't perfect in any way like I, I definitely like especially when we came back and it was and we were kind of like de-stressing from the trip like I had some extra I had some extra blueberries and sweet potatoes and you know I had some extra like carbs I added those to my meals I, I think it was just a way for me to relax after the conference and and even though that wasn't part of like that I shouldn't have done that I was okay with it because I was paying attention to what my body and what I needed at that time like I, I just that day I just needed a little more carbs than, <laughs> than I usually did because I was just trying to de-stress from it all. And rather than huh. blaming ourselves for, for, for like not keeping a certain routine during change, it's more like observing, uh, observing like why that happens and just kind of being, just kind of being there for yourself. And, and like you said, being, uh, giving yourself grace and being flexible that things change and everything. So I really like that you say that, and you sound like a very compassionate person. I, I imagine when you talk to clients, they probably feel very accepted, you know, with where they're at. And it sounds like you're really good at, at making people feel comfortable with where they're at. It's definitely always a work in progress. And you did, you touched on so many so many good topics. It's, it's never about trying to be perfect. It's always just about making an effort. And for you, your instant pot is the thing that, that has clicked in your mind. Like that's the thing that makes healthy lifestyle or a healthy lifestyle easy for you. That may not be, you know, maybe someone tries an instant pot and it doesn't work for them. And that's totally fine. But they find something else that works for them. Maybe they go to Walmart and get a rotisserie chicken before a three-day conference and they get cucumbers because you can eat those raw or bell peppers because they don't have to be refrigerated. And that's how they make their healthy choices during that same conference. So it's cool that you said that, that like that it's, it's not perfect because we're not aiming for perfection. We're just aiming to make little changes every single day. And your body needs different amounts of food every single day. Our bodies change. And mm. so it's really important that you recognize that too, is that, yeah, you had a little extra food, whether that be carbs or fats or proteins or, or what, but you also just finished a three-day conference and you probably had more activity during that time. So of course your body was telling you you needed some food. So it's awesome that you were able to listen to that. So I think that's great. Yes. I, I feel like I... I feel like I've established a pretty healthy relationship with my body. That makes sense. It's like, rather than shaming it, it's like, oh, body, thank you for being so resilient. Thank you for being there for me. <laughs> you yes. Know? And that's, 
I love that. That's like the goal that you want because if you treat yourself with negativity and hate, you're you're not going to get as far. You treat your kids with love and they grow up to be great human beings. Mm-hmm. It's the same with our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. And I'm glad for me, part of how I got to that place was I used to get eczema breakouts. Like I had like a skin rash that would just like never go Mm. away and it would get worse if I scratched it or sweat or whatever. And so there was, there was a time where I didn't realize that I was so stressed and eating so unhealthy that that's why my skin was acting the way it was. It was only until it took, it took over my entire right hand and I'm right, I'm right uh, hand dominant, uh, right side dominant where like I couldn't shake hands with people. It was hard for me to type. And I really had to make a big life decision. I thought, okay, like this, this can't go anymore. I can't keep putting myself in, in these stressful situations. I keep, I can't keep eating this way. And so for me now, it's not necessarily about like how beautiful I think I am. It's more like if my skin's clear, it's a good day for me. You know, like I, I feel i I feel beautiful because my skin is clear. And more importantly, like I can function, like I can do stuff in my life. And I think that's the most important thing about living a healthy style, uh, living a healthy lifestyle is to just make sure you're functional and you can like get through the day and your health doesn't keep you from doing normal things, especially if you can help it. Yeah. So Malia, I, I thought I would ask obviously you have a wealth of information that I think maybe the, the the average military spouse or family may not have. For people in our community that want to learn how to live a healthier lifestyle, do you currently feel like there's enough resources or education around that? I think it depends on, on, what, on where you're located. We have been at as a married couple, we've been at two different bases, and mm-hmm. we have been super lucky. At our last base in in Texas, we had a really great gym on base, and I was able to partner with that gym and work with clients that were part of a like a fitness challenge and help them with their nutrition. And the gym was super open to having me have my business cards in the gym and and you know kind of table there and be a presence so people mm-hmm. knew if they had questions they could come ask me at this new location i'm not exactly sure i haven't been here long enough but i do know that there are trainers at most gyms there are gyms at most bases and so that's a really cool resource that you get the the fitness side of it because Mm -hmm. a lot of gyms will hire trainers that come from different backgrounds and if it's a good well-balanced gym You'll get some female trainers, you'll get some male trainers, you'll get some young trainers, you'll get some older trainers, and people that specialize in different things. And so I do think, and I hope, I have some rose-colored glasses on, I hope that a lot, most of the bases, I hope that most bases have good fitness resources. I don't think that we have a lot of nutrition resources, Mm -hmm. and that's pretty normal. The world of nutrition is very up-and-coming. Although we've been eating our entire existence on this planet, people are starting to realize that, yes, you can move your body. Yes, you can go to the gym X times per week. But if you're not fueling your body appropriately, the goals that you have are going to be much harder to reach. And then we see that a lot in collegiate athletics, professional athletics, even in high school athletics. And so I think that is transferring a lot into your gyms on base and your bar classes in in town. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, it's starting to become more mainstream. As of right now, it is a lot harder to find a dietitian through the military unless you're really sick. And so that's, that's something that's kind of a struggle. Because if you're sick and if it's appropriate, your medical professional will send you to a dietitian. But you kind of have to ask. If you're just someone who wants to eat healthier and maybe lose a few pounds or gain a few pounds or just be able to run a mile if you can't already, then you, there's no dietitian for you. As far as I'm aware, I could be totally wrong. So I think that that's a big thing that's lacking. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's not easily accessible or you're not clearly aware of it, then I think I, I think at least in your circumstance, it's it's lacking. And it's good to get, it's one thing for, uh, let's say the military and the government to say, oh, we provide A to Z. But if, if you can't find it, there's, there's a disconnect there. And so I, I think it's good to like get your perspective firsthand, especially because you're a professional uh, dietitian. And, and I, I do think in general, it is, it is kind of interesting that nutrition is really, it's, it's, like working out seems to be more important than nutrition. And if you do want to look into nutrition, you have to really look look for it on your own. You know, being a military, like outside of being a military family, even for anyone in general, it's like you really have to like seek it out to find those type of people that can educate you on it or even find the books to teach you. And even then, there's so many different schools of thought when it comes to nutrition, it's like, what do you do? Do you have Mm -hmm. a low carb diet? Do you just have like, I think they call it a mono diet where you just eat like one thing for a couple of days. Like, it just seems like there's so many, so many diets like out there. And so I think the, the next question that I'd like to ask you is for, for the military family that, that PCS is, you know, for, for the ones that have to like create normalcy, uh, normalcy as soon as possible once they get to a new place, what are some tips you can share around, around nutrition? Like, because I don't know if the exchange or the, the commissary doesn't always necessarily provide like the best nutrition to, to mm-hmm. the military community, I think. But I'd love to get your thoughts on that and like what to look out for, where to, where to possibly find, find the best like nutrition for yourself and your family. Yeah, I think it's all just about, like we were saying earlier, just making smaller changes and making smaller efforts. And they will look different to each different family. So as long as you're making sure that there's sort of fresh food on the table, that's all you can hope for. My big thing is whether you are cooking at home or whether you can't cook at home because you're on the road and you're, you know, mid PCS and all that is available is McDonald's. Always make sure that you have some sort of fruit or vegetable on your plate and on your kid's plate. For example, if you have to go to McDonald's, there's no other option and you have to get the kids a cheeseburger. Instead of getting fries, you could swap those fries for apple slices and maybe share some fries for the whole family. And that way, you're still getting a meal that's cohesive, but you're also still getting fruits and vegetables. Something else that I think is kind of looked over, but can be really, really easily utilized during a PCS is frozen and canned vegetables and fruits. There's this misconception with canned fruits and vegetables or frozen fruits and vegetables, that they're not as healthy for you. And that's Mm. actually not true. So canned vegetables and fruits are processed and they're canned at the peak of their ripeness. 
And so they have all of the nutrients that you need and you want when you get, say, canned green beans. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that sometimes they add salt. So if you, for some reason, are avoiding salt, then just read the nutrition label or choose ones with no salt. And the other difference is their texture. So you could take, like green beans, for example, you could take a raw green bean that hasn't been cooked or steamed or anything, and you could feasibly eat it raw and be kind of crunchy, be like a nice little snack with hummus. But you probably wouldn't do the same with a canned green bean because it's really soft. Mm-hmm. So that's really the main difference. But when you're PCSing, say you're in a hotel room and you've had McDonald's three times this week and you're tired of it, you can very easily hit up a dollar store or whatever grocery store is close by and you could get canned tuna, you could get canned green beans and some buns and <laughs> mayonnaise and make some tuna salad sandwiches out of it. And then you've got those fresh ingredients they're not quote-unquote fresh, they're still colorful foods. So those are two things. I think, and especially if you have kids too, focusing on colors makes it really, really easy. So as long as you've got a few different colors on your plate, you're probably in the clear. So those are probably some the things that are coming to my head first. Yeah, I think think that's awesome advice because I live near a grocery store. I usually try to get like fresh food. I love, I love canned tuna, like canned tuna and, and water. That's my preferred thing. Mm-hmm. But with the green beans, that's, that's new for me that I would pro- definitely consider if I'm in a position where like I have minimal access to fresh groceries and stuff like that. So yeah, all of that was really, really awesome advice and tips, Malia, of like what to eat when you're out. Uh, my favorite one is just try to make your food colorful. And if it's mm-hmm. not colorful, then you're not, you're probably not including all the nutrients that you could be adding. So I think that's, and like you said, that's a really easy way to teach your kids, you know, how to eat healthy is like, oh, try to get all the colors in your plate. Exactly. <laughs> and, it's and not it, about what you're taking away. It's about what can you add in? What colors can you add? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's, that's, that's a really good way to look at it. I think that some people always, I mean, even for me with this challenge, the first thing I always say is like, <laughs> the first thing I always say is like, oh, I can't have this. I can't have that. But I can have, you know, Himalayan salt with my with my white eggs or I can have like pepper. I can have spices. And so I, I probably need to like switch. I kind of like saying that. I like Sometimes I say like, oh, I can't have this. I kind of enjoy saying that because I know that I'm actively like trying to stick to something. <laughs> um, yeah. And there is yeah. a really fun well, fun. It's definitely a privilege to be able to diet at all, or it's a privilege to be able to take part in a challenge at all. So that's really awesome. But it does kind of create that like, oh, you're in a challenge. Like, oh, you're sticking to your willpower. Look at you go. <laughs> and there's like a pride sense in that, you know, like yeah. good for you because you set a goal and you're sticking to it. But at the same time, you said yourself, that challenge is six weeks long. What are you going to take from that six-week challenge and how are you going to add that to your life and make it not restrictive, but like what can you take from that and continue to add to your diet and your healthy lifestyle afterwards? You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. I like your take on that, Malia. It's very positive and optimistic and forward-thinking. And I, yeah, I would feel comfortable talking to you if I, if I would, uh, cause I think, I think for the average person, like we're quick to judge like all the bad things that we've taken in. Mm-hmm. And so I like how you say, focus on adding 
like more good things as opposed to subtracting like bad things. And it's kind of like, how do you get rid of a bad habit? You replace it with a good habit. And then eventually the, exactly. the bad habit like goes away. Right. So exactly. Yeah. Well, Malia, I, I feel like we had an incredible conversation today, uh, just learning a little bit about you as a newlywed and a new military spouse and uh, learning about what the challenges are and, and how to adapt to PCSing and really ha- uh, how to eat healthy, even if you are kind of new to the area, like things to look out for. Is there anything, any other closing thoughts that you wanted to share with our listeners today? My biggest thing whenever you are trying to be aware of your healthy lifestyle is always just to increase your awareness. So be aware of when you're moving and kind of try and pre-pack. Be aware of whether you are leaving the house that day and maybe need a reusable water bottle. Or be aware of what restaurants may be on your path to your new duty station. Or, you know, just to increase that awareness in whatever you're doing that awareness is is the first step to success. So that's probably all I'll have to say. I love it. And for anyone that is interested in reaching out to you and learning more about what you do as a registered dietitian, how can they do that? I love to post things on Instagram. (laughs) And so (laughs) my Instagram is my first, middle, and last name, Maria Grace Seaton. And so I post a lot on there and that's kind of, it's a big jumble of military life and healthy eating and going to the gym, but also resting and social life and travel and all that good stuff. But I'm on there quite a bit. And then I also respond to my emails, which is my first and last name at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, Malia, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. I feel like I got a lot of positive information about just living a healthier lifestyle and, and being okay with adapting to flexibility. I just got some a lot of good feelings out of this. So I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, I also want to thank our listeners. If this show resonated with you in any way, you can feel free to reach out to us. You can learn more in the show notes. And if you didn't hear Malia the first time, don't worry, her contact information will be in the show notes as well. So with that said, thank you, Malia. I look forward to continue following you on Instagram. And I am sure that our listeners got a lot of value out of our conversation today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. All right, everyone. Until next time. 